All right, welcome to Peeps Creek, the cafe where we serve you delightful, slightly intense, but definitely worthwhile conversations. A podcast focused on bringing people together by drinking, listening, and conversing. So grab your favorite drink and let's see what's on today's menu. All right, people, welcome to Peeps Creek, the cafe. You know, here at the cafe, we always have a conversation centered around the drink. And we are again recording on the first day of 2023. So even though it may not come out until after that time, again, I want to say Happy New Year to each and every one of you. All right. So, you know, here at the cafe, we always have this conversation since around drink. I know I just said that, but I just picked up my cup. <laughs> and today I am drinking on Boom 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 and Aviation, courtesy of my Bartesian. All right. And I am going to be joined in the cafe today by Denise. Say hello, Denise. Hello. Feliz Año Nuevo, everyone. Okay. And what are you drinking on over there? Rum? Rum Breeze, ma'am. Rum Breeze. Courtesy of Bartesian? Bartesian. Bartesian. So is this a newer model? This is the pro, yes. <laughs> this is the highest model that they have, yes. Why? So what's the difference? Because the other ones, you could put the the actual bottle, right? No. So you're okay. Before you're thinking about that's a different model. That's the Black and Decker, where you could just put the actual bottles and the but one that on you the, sent me. The, yeah, it's on the corners too. No, yeah, yeah. but it's a Bartesian. No, that is a Black and Decker, but you can use the Bartesian capsules oh. for it. They also have the, so this is the pro model. They have the one that's right there that most people get. It's just the Bartesian one. The difference is really is the, the, the other one, you push the button or something. This one is a dial and you can lock it, the pro. And then they also have a two bottle version where if you just wanted to use two liquors or just keep switching the two bottles out, you can use that one. But I just, I did the pro. I dare not to ask how much the pro was. So anyway. Because the Black and Decker is a lot. Okay. Anyway. So. (laughs) This is the conversation we were just having. Okay. So. We are on episode 71. Episode 71 is Still Searching for the Truth, Part 2. This is an examination of the Casey Anthony's documentary on Peacock entitled Where the Truth Lies, even though technically we never got the truth. All right. So (laughs) episode two and, and out of full disclaimer, we watched all three episodes. We watched them together while we were here and unanimously even dorian which is denise's youngest son even dorian was like the third episode is boring so we didn't take any notes from the third episode because i feel like it was really a waste of an episode i think there was just like b-roll material that maybe they just decided to put out because they still had it available but it didn't add any substance and it sucked But anyhow, that's my opinion. And so now what we are going to do is talk a little bit about some of the stuff that was uncovered on the second episode. But the second episode opened with this. And you tell me how this made you kind of feel. Mm -hmm. Given the fact of what you knew 
first of all, given the fact of what you knew about the case, if anything, prior to watching the documentary, having sat through the first episode of the documentary, the second episode of the documentary opens up with her sitting on the beach and she's sitting on the beach and she's saying that she's mad. And so the people ask her why she's mad. And she said, you know, Mother's Day is always hard for her. And my response to that, honestly, was. Why the fuck should we care that <laughs> Mother's Day is hard for you? Like, right. what does that have to do with us? So what do you when you saw that or heard that based upon that as a mother, kind of what was your perspective on that? If I'm honest with you, I didn't pay her no mind when she said that. But why? I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> okay. But now that you know that she said that. It's the same thing as you. Why would we care? Mm-hmm. I mean, do you care? No. No, she's the mom. She's upset. She just had to talk about stuff that happened at the house that they rented specifically for this. <laughs> for this documentary. You don't care? No. Honestly, before this documentary, based on what I had followed when it originally happened that the baby was missing and whatnot, I thought she was guilty. And I thought, why are they acquitting her? So, no, I mean, I agree. Like, with you, like, why are you mad? Like, you know, I don't know. I didn't think nothing of it. Okay. So this episode opens again. She's sitting on the beach. She's upset, blah, blah, blah. But then she also says that, I know you want to know the answer to the question everybody want to ask. Like, what what happened the day the day of that Kaylee went what missing happened? her day before? And I'm like, bitch, we, we've been wanting to know that. We've been noted for the last missing. 11 years. Like, what the fuck happened, chick? <laughs> Like, like, why Why should it take this documentary for you to even have gone? I mean, I get what you're saying that she had to go through therapy and find herself and whatever. But don't ask these stupid questions. Like, we've been wanting to know, one, why you lied. Because that's the first question she had on episode one. That was the first question towards the end that she asked. We've been wanting to know why you lied since day one. And we've been wanting to know what happened since that 911 call. Like, come on now. Okay. But yeah, leave my girl alone. That's my girl. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she opens with that. And so then we kind of go into what happened, what she remembers. And right. what she says is, I, I can tell you, much. but I don't remember a lot. You like, then, then just don't say nothing. Like I, yeah, exactly. Like, what is the point of this documentary? If you're not going to tell us what happened the night before, what happened the day of, why are we on a three-part episode? Exactly. And it, why are you saying, well, I, I know what you're going to ask next, but you knew what the hell we wanted from this documentary, yet you didn't give it to nobody. Nobody. Yeah. Okay. All right. So go ahead. Okay. Do you remember? <laughs> do you remember what she says happened yes so she says the night before everything happened everything was normal and so they went to bed the next morning they woke up she made kaylee breakfast but casey was not feeling well 
So she decided to go into the room, lay down. She put the TV on, closed the door with the baby, and the baby slept with her. She doesn't remember if she locked the door of her room or not. But then she does remember being woken up by the dad, by her dad, George Anthony, asking, where's Kaylee? So it took her a moment to realize Kaylee is not in the room. Kaylee is not in bed with me, which is where she was supposed to be. So then they both decide to search through the house to see if they can find the baby. She went through one side of the house. He went through the other. And then as she's coming back towards the house, George, which is her father, has Kaylee in his hands soaking wet George hands Kaylee to Casey and starts telling her that this is your fault. You did it. You caused this. So she grabs the baby, collapsed on the floor. She feels that the baby is heavy and cold and starts crying and whatnot. And then when he realizes that she's crying, he takes Kaylee away from her and says, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And then leaves with Kaylee while she's on the floor sobbing. Okay. Now before she, before on the documentary mm -hmm. before she says that the father was standing there with Kaylee remember that the producer asked her what about the pool what about the pool oh. and that's when she says that she didn't have to look in the pool because when she came around the house after frantically running around looking for her daughter that the father was standing there with her soaking wet her Ben Kaylee mm -hmm. now what she doesn't give us is any indication whether Kaylee was moving, Kaylee was right. breathing, Kaylee was talking, Kaylee was wet because he jumped in the pool and got her out before it was too late. She gave us none of that. Other than she was heavy. She was and heavy cold. and and cold. Now and wet. And maybe because, according to you all, people, up until that point, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, you know, people who was believing about all her drama, maybe she was so traumatic. That those facts are now repressed because we don't know. She can't remember if Kaylee was moving. Did she try to shake her? No. Did we I, get any of those facts? No, we did not. Would you would have wanted some of those facts? Heck yeah. Do you think those facts are repressed? No. <laughs> nope. I do not. I'm like. I do not because. I don't know. Again, as a mother, it's like you said, I wouldn't have wanted to shake her. And even to this point of the documentary, I still think she's lying. Perfect example. Wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me, let me do me a fool. You think? <laughs> I'm saying it because I think certain things she may have repressed, but I think that that she's lying because she told us the baby was wet, heavy, and cold almost as if she want us to assume something you know what i mean do you understand almost as if she wanted us to i mean that the baby i don't really like the way she presented herself in this documentary she comes off again entitled she comes off as if we're supposed to automatically respect the fact yeah. that you know she's willing to tell her story now and I'm like, no, fuck that. Like, you're giving a documentary. You need to be willing to accept the fact of how it is presented to other people. All right. But what she, she, she says that when he took her, he says he then took her from her. And she says that she doesn't know. And he what? said everything is, 
He said, everything is going to be okay. She's going to be okay. Right. She's going to be okay. And from there, she says, she been Casey says, she doesn't know where he went, where he took Kaylee, what happened. But in her head, she knew that he was going to be okay. She was going to be okay. But here are my questions. And, And so I say, okay, but what about the decomposition in the trunk? Question. Why would she go out and party when, in fact, all of this is going on and she knew this was going on? Question. What about the phone calls from the jail when she kept saying, I know everything is going to be okay. She's going to become up missing. It's in my heart. What about all that? Lies. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You know. Drama. 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 What's going on? I think that, again, like you mentioned earlier, I'm not a psychiatrist. I've never studied it. But I think that some people cope with things a certain way. Would, would I have coped the way she did? Heck no. I wouldn't be hysterical right now, planning every little search to find that baby, not sleeping, wanting to, you know what I mean? But I don't know. I don't know what was going through her head because obviously the right stuff was not going through her head. You never would have caught me dancing, taking pictures. Like, if all you were doing was promoting, I wouldn't even have been in these pictures. Promote him without having to even be out there. You know, like, I don't know. All right. So before we move forward, let's kind of talk about these charges again. So we had aggravated abuse, which in Florida, it means a caregiver's failure or mission to provide a child with the care, supervision, and services necessary to maintain the child's physical and mental health, including but not limited to food, nutrition, clothing, shelter, supervision, medicine, medical service that a prudent person would consider essential for the well-being of the child, or a caregiver's failure to make a reasonable effort to protect the child from abuse, neglect, or exploitation by another person. All right, so that is aggravated child abuse under Florida. The other one was manslaughter. Mm-hmm. And so manslaughter is defined under Florida law as the killing of a human being by the act, procurement, or culpable negligence of another without lawful justification according to provisions of chapter 776 and in cases where such killing should not be excusable homicide or a person who causes the death of any person under the age of 18 by culpable negligence under section 827.2 or commits aggravated manslaughter of a child a felony in the first degree punishable as provided all right so that is what that is and so when it talks about manslaughter relating to section 827.03 that goes back and refers back to neglect of a child so basically what i just read to you of child abuse and you know that if you if you do an act or if you're found guilty of any acts associated with that and that child dies as a result of that then you can be held responsible for manslaughter under florida law and then of course murder in the first degree mm-hmm. under Florida law is the unlawful killing of a human being when perpetrated from a premeditated design to affect the death of the person killed or any human being. All right. So those are the charges. All right. So 
under that backdrop, we then get introduced to some some other members of her defense team. But I don't remember when the jailhouse pen pal come into play. Was it before we are introduced to the, the mitigation specialist or after? Robin McDonald. Before. All right. So let's, I have her before Janine Barrett. All right. So let's go there. So we then are introduced to Robin McDonald. And so I'm going to turn it over to Denise to talk a little bit about Robin McDonald. You may not because I really didn't like write much she basically was just a person that went into the same facility or what is it prison Mm -hmm. that casey was in they were both placed in solitary confinement although i question why the girl white robin was placed there if it was only a marijuana charge but who am i so they were placed in solitary confinement she would see this petite girl which is casey and eventually one day she decided to wave at her and that's how they struck a friendship. And But what I didn't understand, maybe I wasn't really paying attention, was how did these letters start? Was Robin already out of jail and the letters were being sent to her? Or were they actually communicating with each other within the time they were in? Since they were in solitary, is that how they were communicating? So I don't know that 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 is a very good question. So I would tell you just the type of person that I am. I actually pulled the letters. I didn't read them all because first of all, it was a lot. She even showed the box of yeah, the letters. a lot of letters. It's unclear if they were writing the letters to each other inside, but I think it initiated inside. Yeah. Right, because if they were in solitary confinement, how would they get each other's information going out when she's released? Right, it had to be because Robin was opening the box at the moment the documentary was going on, yeah. so she wouldn't have read them being outside. Yeah, well, we don't know that, but she right, could have. Right. But yeah, but I agree with you. But I actually pulled them, and I would tell you that there is about two hundred and fifty-eight pages of letters between the two and they talk about i read some of them they talk about anything from the time that casey wanted to discuss the fact that her fiance at the time i think what was his name that's the one that they thought was the daddy jared yeah she basically was saying like in one one letter fuck him because once he found out that he was the daddy that they think that his family thinks that they like these super Christians and obviously she hate to break it to him. They're not these super Christians because obviously he had sex before marriage and blah, blah, blah. I did not pay attention to none of that. No, I read this is. Oh, oh, oh remember because I had stopped the documentary yeah, and was yeah. reading to you. OK, so they began these conversations. And the point of bringing Robin in is that Robin is supposed to be able to give sight or give insight to the psyche of Casey during the time that she was locked up because both of these individuals apparently sought solace in each other because I think they both experienced traumatic events and it appeared as it was presented in a documentary now full disclaimer I did not read 258 pages of their letters a because I ain't got time for them because she yoked it in my head it was Jesse 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 yes but part of the purpose of this individual, Robin McDonald, and she was identified as someone else. Cookie. She went by another name. Cookie. 
<laughs> yeah, that was a net cookie, right? That's what I wrote. <laughs> yeah, cookie. That's what she referred to her as. She, Big Casey, referred to her as cookie. But she identifies that Casey wrote to her and discussed the alleged sexual abuse that she was had experienced from her brother. When a brother would come in and, by George. Um, and touch her. Did she? Dis- mm-hmm. oh. It says the defense team didn't know about the abuse until they saw it when she was discussing it with Robin. Right. Okay. Now, I also want to go back because we failed to, to highlight this important point. And on the last episode, sorry, y'all, I'm a little tipsy. <laughs> you only had two. But I made them strong. Lord in this bar, we make strong drinks. All right. So. You better in, Uber back. In, upstairs. In the, first, in the first episode, we talked about Pat McKinnon. Remember, I talked about him saying that she never lied. Remember? Right. All right. So in this episode, episode two, remember, she talks about when she talks about the day before Kaylee went missing and the night in the day that she became missing. She specifically says, I never told my defense team the full story. Right. Okay. And that resonated with me and irritated me that this guy pat mckinnon who was an investigator who throughout these episodes was trying to put daggers on the grandparents mm-hmm. right and was indicating oh she never lied and blah 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 and I'm like motherfucker she she did she didn't tell you the full truth right she she admitted things and that is basically lying hello and you mean tell me that you just find out 10 years later now and so you're still going to say that she never lied to you no she did lie to you she didn't tell you what she now claims is the full story of what happened during the times of kaylee's disappearance right like the defense team knew that there was something dealing with some accident right but they didn't know the specific facts that associated with it they didn't know about the daddy allegedly coming and holding this wet baby and saying, this no. is your fault, right? right? They didn't know that the pool, that she allegedly went into the pool. And one point on the pool, I'm going to bring this up early, is that Casey is now trying to say that the baby couldn't have drowned accidentally right. because of what? Because there was no ladder. The pool was... Above ground. Right. And it was, what you, well, how do you say? Tall enough where the baby wouldn't have been able to get into it unless the ladder was attached to it. And the ladder was not was attached not to attached. it. Was not attached. Right. So now she... The producer ahead. asked her, so why did your defense team claim that that's what happened? And then she said it's because the mother, which Cindy, at early stages of you know the case, mentioned, well... Maybe she accidentally drowned in the pool. And so the attorney grabbed onto that. And that's what he made her defense. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. That's what he based her defense. But you on. see, these are, um, I, these are little things that I'm looking at as a viewer. That there's too many opportunities for convenience for me. Mm-hmm. Right. It's convenient that she would say that that's the reason why that, that they, they were grabs onto it. Because the attorney who did the opening on that, Baez, what's his first name? Jose, Jose Baez, because that's the same attorney 
who represented Aaron Hernandez in his second murder trial and got him off that particular trial, those charges. He represented somebody else too. But it's convenient that he didn't interview for this documentary. And it's convenient that she would say, well, he just latched on to that. And that's the reason why he said that, right? Instead of just saying, you know, I said something that can lead them. It's always someone else's Mm -hmm. reasoning, right? It's always somebody else involved and it's never her. And it's never her taking responsibility, which irritated me again about this documentary because she takes no ownership. You had 10 years to think about what you could have done differently, right? And there's no ownership. Take me, for example, I am not the perfect father. I, but I can think about something that just happened 30 minutes ago. And in my head, I am thinking about ways that I could have handled that situation differently. You have fucking 10 years and you still putting the, pushing the envelope on other people and you're not taking accountability. And that bothers me about this documentary. And I will say this, that going back to that Pat McKenna saying she didn't lie. She did sir, because she could have at that moment when Jose Vaz made that his opening statement, she could have said the latter wasn't there. That's that cannot be, you know what happened, but yet she, shut up and didn't say anything because that would have been convenient for her because people would have then assumed that's what actually happened to the baby and found her not guilty of it. But Jose Baez, remember you mentioned, mm-hmm. I remember because he represented Harvey Weinstein. Once, yeah. I remember mm-hmm. him because of that. Actually, I didn't know about the Aaron Hernandez until you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, so so wait before you this whole time the bitch had me thinking the baby could have drowned when when she sat there and said the details of what happened that day that she came and said the father bought the baby she was wet the first thing i assumed she didn't mention the latter she did not and she made a freaking scene like that could have been a possibility and she didn't mention the letter until the last minute of the second episode oh I was so fucking pissed. Now, for a disclaimer, maybe she maybe she did mention that and they cut it to present it as if she said it later. But we're going by the documentary. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes, I agree with you. See, it's 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 these it, this is again why I'm not sold on this trauma. It's too convenient. Yeah. It's too convenient for her to leave out things that are that seems out of place, that seems odd, that implicates her, right? It's too convenient for her to leave those things out or resort to, oh, I'm doing this for protection. But when it's relating to other people, it's quick for her to throw them under the bus or make it seem like they are the issues, right? And so, it, yeah, anyhow. Yeah, because until that point that she said the latter wasn't there, I was still maybe doubtful I was not doubtful that she knew what happened. I was doubtful as, did she do something? I was even thinking, because she mentioned the baby was sleeping with her, that she would put pillows against the wall. 
the the bed was pushed to the wall they had pillows so the baby wouldn't fall i was thinking maybe she accidentally asphyxiated the baby because remember how one of the roommates mentioned the sanex in my head i was like well maybe casey took sanex or maybe took drugs you know she wasn't feeling well that day maybe she over took medication was heavy didn't feel that the baby was there accidentally smothered the baby what wakes up and realize oh shucks the baby is dead goes to her father and then they concoct this story of you know whatever yeah she had me thinking that then she has me thinking well maybe there's a possibility that the baby drowned well mom is asleep the door wasn't locked the baby got out she's a three-year-old she doesn't want to go to sleep the father who knows what he was doing maybe not even knowing you know what i mean the baby goes out to the pool drowns and that's where they find her and then the says no no that couldn't have happened there was no ladder couldn't you have said that since the freaking beginning when you said that right which is what i i don't which is what i don't understand what the jury was thinking me neither like i get it because in the open argument jose talks about an accidental drowning that happens in florida a lot but that's not the standards is you know are you as a parent ensuring that you are doing what's necessary to protect and prevent your child from essentially endangerment right and you didn't disclose to them that there was no ladder no but could it have been just giving them the freaking benefit of the doubt because honestly i don't understand what the hell they did either could it have been that the opening statements like prosecution opened by saying that she used chloroform to render her daughter unconscious before putting duct tape over her nose and mouth to suffocate her, then left Kaylee's body in the trunk of a car for a few days before disposing of it. Could it have been by them using that as the opening statement, the fact that technically the chloroform was not, you know what I mean? No, was not what? The chloroform, let me go back to what they said. They found no chloroform. When they tested for it, they found none. So prosecution didn't come back to show evidence that that was indeed found. You know what I mean? Yeah, but the thing about chloroform is what I understand is that it's a colorless colorless liquid that quickly evaporates into gas. It can harm the eyes, skin, liver, kidneys, and nervous system. My thing is, when she said that, I know we're jumping, but one of the defense team members who is apparently phenomenal and attacking scientific evidence, evidence. presented in, in, in criminal trials. But that point that she made didn't sway me because I'm thinking at the time that, that Kaylee was found 31 days, not even 31 days, she was found... She went missing in June. She wasn't found until like late December. We're talking a difference of like five, six months. I don't think the chloroform would have still been in her body anyway. But you said. And, we- and it, hold up, it would have been escaped at that point because it, particularly if it immediately turns into gas. Mm-hmm. So the fact that that wasn't found during the autopsy, that didn't mean anything to me. Read what you said back about the chloroform. It could. Chloroform is a 
a colorless colorless liquid that quickly evaporates into gas. It can harm the eye, skin, liver, kidneys, and nervous system. It's not about the gas being in there. If if it would have been used, wouldn't there have been some damage to her? Because, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't the chloroform the stuff that they put in to render you unconscious? So if it would have been put on her, wouldn't there have been some traces of what you just mentioned on her face? The baby's face? Yeah. Presumably, but we but we have to keep in mind that we're talking about a three-year-old corpse, mm-hmm. right? That obviously has been exposed to elements, even though it was wrapped in a bag. It was found in the woods, and it was out there for several months. So the question becomes, what? What? why are you doing that? Because it, the, the whole trial, when they're talking about the evidence on the chloroform, there are so many things that prosecution submitted that the defense was able to rebuttal back and say that's not true. Yes, but remember, that, see, see, remember the evidence was not that the chloroform was found on the body. The, the evidence was that the chloroform was found in the trunk of her car because it was still in the trunk. There was no evidence that it was on the body. And what I'm saying is it wouldn't be because... We don't know what the body's decomposition was like. We don't know if it was just the skeleton aspect of it. Was there any flesh left on it or not? We don't know that. And here's the point that I kept raising yesterday. Okay, if they're saying this is an accidental drowning and there was an autopsy, if there was an accidental drowning, when people drown, you see that in the lungs. That you know when a person drowns because you can look into the lungs yeah. and see that lung that water is in the lungs and things of that nature. Obviously, obviously, I would think that these professionals, and this is Dr. G. Remember, Dr. G even had her own show afterwards. Oh yeah? <laughs> yeah. That they would be able to see that there was a cause of, you know, what's the right term for medical term when you drown? I don't know. But anyhow, they always talk about the water on the lungs, right? And so I watch a lot of crime shows, a lot of documentaries on this. And when people say that a person drowned in a tub, right? The first thing they look at is they examine the lungs. If there's no water in the lungs, that means that that person could not have drowned prior to being in the water where they were found. That means that they were killed before going into the water and someone placed them in the water because they are not inhaling the water, right? right? And so we don't have any evidence of that. And that goes to my point. If I'm on the jury, I'm saying, okay, they don't have evidence of that because the body was in such fucking de- in a decomposed state that they could not examine that because what was the conclusive nature of the autopsy? They couldn't even identify the specific reason why she was dead. So can we go back? Because the reason we got here is because of the opening statements. So what you just said, why then did the prosecution open using chloroform? Because they were, they were what I said yesterday, they were attempting to, this case was about circumstantial evidence, right? This is what they're saying is chloroform was found in the trunk. Mm-hmm. They also are saying that Remember, we had that whole trunk where there was the cadaver dog that, that identified that there was decomposition in the trunk. We have the mother who calls in and says, look, 
this car just came back here. It smells really bad. It smells like like a dead body, right? Circumstantial evidence is saying that you have a mother who has a child whose child has been missing for 31 days, who now has been found. And in, in that essence of that is that there's chloroform in this individual's trunk. There's decomposition in this trunk. We also talk about the hairband and we'll get to that in this trunk. And so therefore we are assuming, right? Because remember, this is all about theory. The theory of the prosecution is that somehow maybe chloroform was used to subdue the baby and then she was placed into the trunk, decomposition occurred, she was then disposed of in this wooded area. But again, going back to why we started this conversation, we don't understand why the jury made the decision that they made. But thinking, just trying to put myself in their position, prosecution is opening with that yet you can't prove to me because you didn't give me anything to prove that could have been a possibility as to how the baby died. I get that, but but cases, what I'm saying is cases are, are, are prosecuted every day purely on circumstantial evidence. Circumstantial We're not ev- debating that. But the whole, the whole point of circumstantial evidence is that there is no direct evidence that tied this particular person. But this evidence says... That because this is here, because this is here, because this is here, more likely than not, this person is involved in the the, the demise of this particular person. Right, but as a prosecution, whatever. They did what they're supposed to do. They didn't. Obviously, (laughs) they didn't, which is why obviously the jury gave the verdict that they gave. No, that is because most jurors... I think it's proven. Most jurors want that hard scientific evidence. Mm-hmm. Like me, I would have want. There are many cases where you can't give the hard scientific evidence. It's just not there. But we've also seen, because we've watched crime shows, like you said, where cases have been, however you say it, just on circumstantial evidence and prosecution can prove that maybe based on what you're giving me, that could have happened. Guilty. No. We could not have found that here. No. Let's 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 step back. Okay. First of all, this chick had 18 fucking people working on her fucking defense team. From like different she... states, because you saw that they were from different states. Exactly. Okay. Millions of dollars spent on her Agreed. fucking defense. Okay. Mm-hmm. That the average individual who is brought through the system purely on circumstantial evidence don't have the opportunity to have one of those individuals on their fucking team. So let's 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 start there. Okay, she is already starting on a process of 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 superiority with defense. But let me ask you this. No, 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 no. I'm not done. Okay, (laughs) okay. Because she had, she, three I don't care. She had fucking expert witnesses here, expert witnesses here. Barbie. She had the fucking state paying for this yeah. while they are in there debating about the, the reasonable cost per hour for these individuals. And let's not even, we haven't even got to the fucking mitigation specialist where they were expending 350 something odd hours or more 
trying to come up with the reason why she has some trying to traumatic experience. So don't come with that, okay? Because if a random fucking black, yellow, green little boy in any urban city, any urban city go through the fucking system, they're not going to have even part of those fucking resources that this motherfucker had, okay? I don't want to hear it. Listen, (laughs) so knowing that, knowing that, that she had this team that she had, as a prosecuting team, wouldn't you have wanted to do more than what you did? You only could do what you could do. Okay. The bottom line is the baby is gone. Yeah, the Okay. The mama ain't giving nothing but lies. Yeah. Okay. She gives us no links to anyone else. And maybe I need another drink so I can get to your level. Because <laughs> Lordy. <laughs> I am so glad you are not my well. That what is it that you are not defending somebody? Oh, lordy! I mean, come on, like let's y'all 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 are not. I was just trying to answer your question. No, I'm, this 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 case pissed me off on so many levels. Like, there's no reason she should have that many fucking resources on the back of the fucking taxpayers. Yeah, agree. Okay, period. How is she even like. How did this seem? You know what I mean? Like, and then she making it seem like her life is so miserable she can't go get a fucking job. Who fucking cares? And she wants to protect her pride. I don't listen. Look at me. Yeah. Look at me. No, I agree. I don't give listen, a fuck. For a second, I felt like you thought I was Casey Anthony because Jesus. <laughs> My bad. What? Yeah, because I'm like, what? Like, come on now. All right. So anyway. So, do you want to talk about Janine Barrett? Because I, I have been going a little on and on about this. Janine Barrett, hold on. That's the mitigation specialist. Let's see. The black lady. Not really, because the only thing I wrote about her is that she brought up understanding Casey's lies and that Jesse was the only person who technically knew about the abuse that she was supposedly being the, the brother was doing to her but that's all i wrote all right yes yeah, so i'm we, telling you after she said the the the, the latter i <laughs> like you're done <laughs> guilty so we have a mitigation specialist her job is and I, i'm i'm going to a mitigation specialist let me just tell you i know what is that i'm i'm, I'm going to tell you so because Casey Anthony's charges led with the potential penalty of, of death, yeah. right? Their job is to find mitigating circumstances or facts to remove that from being an option. In other words, there are reasons why this person behaved this way. Mm. And so you need to take this into account so you can have a full picture before you sentence this person to the ultimate penalty, right? And so their job is to go in, try to figure out all the facts, try to understand who this person is, try to figure out why this person is acting this particular way. And so that is the job of this particular individual, Janine Barrett, trying to uncover, pull back the shells and untangle the webs of our individual lives. And that was her job with Casey Anthony. And so, yeah, I didn't write that much about her. Mm-mm. I liked, I liked that she presented herself well, but other than that, she had nothing to say that I really yeah. care about. 
personally. But we do talk about some of the weird... Casey begins to talk about some of the weird behavior. Because remember, we talked about her going to hang out Mm -hmm. during this time, partying, blah, 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 the tattoo. So she says that she went to Tony Lazaro's house, which was her boyfriend at the time, and stayed there three weeks. Out of the 31 days. Out of the 31 days that Kaylee was missing. She says she came there after her father took Kaylee. Remember that story about her being soaking wet? Now, remind you, right. remind you we don't get any facts about whether she shook Kaylee, see if she lied. Did she try to give her CPR? Mm-hmm. Did she try to, like, take her in the shower? We didn't get any of that, okay? So, she stayed at this boyfriend's house Three weeks. Now, mind you, keep in mind, we, we we talked about the last episode where that, that friend was like, she was basically saying, I can't really hang out with my people anymore because I'm a fucking parent. But here she is, three weeks standing at this boy's house. Anyway, the friends that were staying with the Tony Lazaro, the roommate, said that everything just seemed perfectly fine. She acted like nothing happened. There was no indication that anything was wrong with Kaylee. She wasn't doing anything anything to try to find them and this is where she says she was not partying <laughs> right she was not partying because there were no drinks in her hand that's what she said do you see any of those pictures do you see any drinks in my hand and she was working and promoting with tony what you think about that say that again <laughs> the pictures i'm traumatized by how you spoke to me earlier <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. Actually, no, I was just reading about how many witnesses the prosecution actually brought forward. And that that was like, what the? All right. So she was saying that she was not partying because there were no drinks in her hand. And those you were still in the party, my dear. You were still in the picture. You still smiled on the freaking picture like nothing. I mean, what the hell? Like, it th- just doesn't make sense. That time that you took to try to promote his business or what the hell, you should have been taking it to assist these people that were out there trying to find your baby. They had a whole team set up, which is where the father met the lady that he cheated with. Let me stop. <laughs> that was brought into, when you know. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Okay. So what she was saying is that she also said in that, that, during this entire time, she wanted to believe that her baby was okay. Because okay. that's what her father told her. Because what... she wanted to believe him. Okay. And my question there, I wrote a question and I was just like, in what world is a soaked, lifeless body of a baby makes you think she's okay? Makes you think she's okay. I agree. I agree. But that was my question. Because again, I go back to the fact, you know, she didn't say this and you know, you put this documentary out, girl, so you should have came out with some facts. Like, you know, you should have been like, I was frantic. I tried to give CPR. I was shaking her. I went to go put her in the shower, make sure she was good, put on her clothes. I lay next to her, hugged her, make sure she was okay. None of that was there. Which is why I'm so mad at the people that created this show because certain things she said, you wanted to question her about it. But stuff that you knew viewers would have questions on, you chose not to even question her. Right. The minute she said he gave her to me, her body was... That's when you should have asked questions. So what did you do when they gave her... When when he gave you the baby? Right. Why didn't you call 911? But they didn't say shit. And and, and I'm jumping here. Okay. But in the third episode, which we really didn't write anything about, 
Casey says, I wasn't the only one there. Why didn't he call 911? Why didn't you? That's my point. Why didn't you fucking call 911? Even if that would have happened, even if the baby would have drowned accidentally, you freaking call 911 and you say, I was asleep. I was not feeling well. The baby was in the bed with me. She must have gotten out. She fell on the pool. You would have said something like that. Listen. I have been at funerals. Okay, this is what pisses me off about this. I have been at fucking funerals. When you know the body has been in fucking bombed, you know the body has been to a freezer, you know that the body is laying in a fucking wooden box in front of you where people are screaming, get up and walk. And you mean to tell me that you as a fucking parent are not going to have your child in front of you soaking wet and you're not doing something to try to see if the child is alive and you're just going by what your fucking father said because he says everything's going to be okay? Yeah, I agree. Like, like, I mean, this is not, this is not, this is common sense. Oh, but trauma. To a certain point. (laughs) Trauma. My thing with the trauma is just her bringing up certain things like the repression, like you said, you know, everybody's questioning. Why would she mention the Universal Studios? Why would she mention the nanny? You know, that's my thing. Her other actions, I have to agree with you. Like, and it's sad because this baby is now dead. You know what I mean? This baby would have been the same age as my child. 13. I, what? I know I seem like a bitter ass person, maybe, but I'm, we, we are talking about a baby. I'm sorry. Yeah. But more importantly, you decided to do this documentary, and we know nothing more than we knew the, from the 20, yep. 2008. Yep. And then you sit there and you say, you had to rent this house because of my privacy, because you made it worse. Yeah. You like, made this worse. Like this documentary did not help you. If what you were intending <laughs> was for people to be on your side, that's not happening. And it's it's worse. Now I feel like, remember how they said after they acquitted her, they felt like, oh my God, what are we going to do with her now? Like she can't stay in Florida. That's how I feel now. You can't stay in Florida after this documentary because... You did not say what happened to that baby. Okay, but what about this? Remember during the episode, they talked about the grief specialist. The grief specialist says that young people act like nothing happens when they're going through a traumatic experience. And lying was not to cover up anything, but it was to cover up things that they experienced in the past. Do what, what was your reaction to that? Because they, the grief specialist said because the father was involved. Remind you, remember the allegations that the father sexually abused her since she was eight. Yeah. The grief specialist didn't do nothing for me because all I wrote was Sally, grief specialist. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, I shut out after she said that they had no... The grief specialist said... That Casey still saw the father as the controller. And so she had to essentially shape up and follow the rules that the father was saying. Because remember, the father said, everything's going to be okay as long as you listen to what I said. Yeah. I mean, I could see that happening. You're not going to want to hear it, but 
Trauma can make you do that. <laughs> no, but the grief specialist didn't do nothing for me. Her statements, whatever she said, didn't do nothing for me. The only person that I felt after that I paid attention to was... What did you say her name was? The, the one that's trying to... The science... The lady that was... With the colorful shirt? Yeah. Jacket. The one that went to France? Yeah, I didn't write her name down because what she was talking about was bullshit too to me. The lady that you said got a show. She ain't got no show. Who got the show that you said that someone got a show after this? Who? That's what you said. Somebody with a D. Uh, no, no show. Well, you better go back when you edit this thing. No, because I never wrote, I, I never wrote that lady's name down. I have it as Dorothy Clayson. I didn't write her name down because I really didn't care what she was saying. Well, she made an impact on me. Okay, then so. talk about it. it. It's just the evidence because it's like you said, she tries to, what is it that she does with scientific evidence? She tries to what? She basically debunks the evidence that the prosecution is providing. So that's what made an impact on me because of the one, the chloroform, which they were trying to, prosecutors were trying to say that it was. I mean, of course. That's You're not going to have chloroform on a skeleton, but go ahead. Testing found that there was no chloroform. Of course, because it's a corpse and you, all the skin is off. And the chloroform skin was not off, remember, because the way they found her with the duct tape, they still had... No, that's not true. We don't, we don't hear any of that. That's the other thing. We don't know that. I'm just assuming that because the autopsy indicates that... It was inconclusive, yes. but the results were homicide, right. that there was not enough tissue, A, and not enough portions of the organs where they can make a definitive explanation as to why the person died. But go ahead and wait. Let me just also say this because I know I've been, I received some comments that I'm a little aggressive when we're having these conversations. They but, that? Yeah, one person said, you need to let her talk. You always over talk to her. Seriously? Yeah, I went back and forth. And I was like, bitch, get the fuck off. <laughs> but, you know, this is just the way that we... We've always been this way. Yeah. The fuck? But go ahead. I was trying to find what the... the What is it? The... Who, who is it that does the thing on the body? The more... Cause um, of death? Oh, the medical examiner. Hold on. Dr. G. So she's the one that then you said got the show. No? She got a show. That's who you were saying. I thought you said Dr. D. No, Dr. G. Got you. But is she part of the prosecution or defense? She's, well, the prosecution called her, but she is a, she was a state appointed. Her job is to identify the cause of death of every individual. Gotcha. She's the medical examiner. So the autopsy, autopsy mm -hmm. oh, it does say skeletal. So the it says an autopsy was performed on the skeletal body to confirm the identity. And then repeat that again. The skeletal body to confirm the identity. Okay. And the <laughs> results show that her remains were discovered in a heavily wooded location and were found to be intermixed with two plastic trash bags and a canvas laundry type bag mm -hmm. the remains were scattered all around the area mm -hmm. Ooh, what does that mean did they 
Because oh, wow. remember, the only thing that we knew, because remember the documentary says what was found was a skull in the bag. <laughs> that breaks my heart. Some remains were found near the wildlife. Kaylee's body remains were in a heavily wooded area for around six months. No soft tissue was left on the bones. The autopsy revealed that her spinal cord and other attached bones to it were found a few feet away from the plastic bag. Her skull and other bones were scattered in different areas. Oh my God, did they? Or could have been an animal. That is so sad. It also said that roots were grown around the plastic bag. So this is, this. I'm sorry, not to cut you off. This goes back to this whole, if I was on a jury, they talk about the chloroform. No, the show didn't go that detail on that. Had that I mean, they said to me, that's that, common sense. Well, not, hello. My, I'm a little, you know. Anywho, Dr. Dorothy, well, I'm sorry, I said doctor, but I really don't know if she's a doctor. But Dorothy Clay Sims said that the chloroform was not found. The DNA on the duct tape could have come from the exterior of the bag. It had never been around her skin while she was still alive. So that contradicts the fact that the duct tape would have asphyxiated her. There was 15 hairs in Casey's vehicle in the trunk. One long hair was sent to the FBI. And there's some controversy about hair banding. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then the cadaver dog, which at first indicated that there was presence of a, you know, of a body on the rear of the vehicle, backseat trunk area. But then a second time, the dog didn't alert to that. Listen. The defense did what they needed to do to cast reasonable doubt. They did. Okay. But the points raised in this documentary for me didn't move me to reasonable doubt. Right. Because there are reasonable explanations why there's no chloroform. There's no chloroform on the body because there's no fucking tissue to associate with it. There's no DNA on the fucking duct tape because there's no fucking tissue on this baby who's been laying out in the woods for six to seven months and you're not being able to test for that. It's reasonable for that. Okay. And even if there was duct tape, whether the duct tape, I don't care whether the duct tape was used to suffocate Kaylee or not. The bottom line is there's chloroform. No, no more individuals don't have chloroform just in the back seat or in their trunk. Right. They don't say that there was no chloroform in the trunk at all. Notice she didn't say that. Right. She just said that there was no evidence that there was chloroform on the body of Kaylee. Right. And to me, that's a difference. Right. The average individual does not just ride around with chloroform. And if you got chloroform in your trunk, no. okay? at all. <laughs> you don't just ride around with that. Okay. The whole hair banding, there's this whole perspective that hair banding there are some people who believe that hair banding which is basically means that the hair detaches from the root and so some scientists say or some researchers say that that only can occur during decomposition right right? it detaches from the body because there's no there's nothing else that can force it to grow and and stimulate right there are some folks who say now nah, that happens whether you're alive or not, right? So I I agree there's no conclusive ex- evidence as to whether or not hair banding is specific to decomposition, mm-hmm. okay? But coupled with the fact that there's chloroform in the trunk, 
Coupled with the fact that there is the smell of decomposition in the trunk. Coupled with the fact that we have a mother who doesn't report her child missing. Coupled with the fact that we have a mother who claims she went to work and dropped the baby off as some imaginary nanny. Coupled with with the fact that we have a mother out here partying, even though the mother says she wasn't partying, she was promoting. Okay. Coupled with the fact that we have a mother who's stealing checks from her friends so that she can buy more alcohol and more things so she can go out and party or slash promote. Okay. Coupled with the fact that we have a mother who claims she doesn't know anything that really happens the night before and the day of, other than the fact that there was no ladder attached to the pool. I I think that's sufficient evidence to tell me that something is awry here. Something is is going on. I mean, for me. For me. And for me now, too. I mean, mean, all right. So, all right. And then... Pat McKinnon, the guy that she's living with, there might be something going on there, but anyway, the guy that she she was living with says that the grandparents were acting strange after the baby was found, says that they were more concerned about being booked for another TV show than trying to figure out what's going on. And my question is, okay, what is your explanation for your client's fucking weird behavior that the person he's working for is exhibiting throughout the time that she was missing? What's your explanation for that? None. Because she didn't lie to him. I mean, but I did find the grandparents just way too involved or, or just wanting to be in the TV, you know, scene too much. And to me... I I don't disagree. Is that a crime? No. Is it odd? Yes. Mm-hmm. But... But to me, it was almost as if it was the father who wanted it more than the mother you know i don't know i mean you got the emails from the show producers no, not really I'm we don't know based on you know this is again casey casey's attempt right, 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 right. to try to pass it off to her parents and <clears throat> i mean if, if 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 people could deal with trauma differently assuming casey went through trauma and the trauma forced her to deal with things differently. Why don't we give that same grace to the grandparents? Oh, sorry. You're fine. Why don't we give that same grace to the grandparents? True. That was my question yesterday. Was it? Yeah. I asked you specifically because you were over here. I'm a guy. George did it. George. Ooh, I, mean, I still he, think he had an involvement. He got something to do with it. And I said I to you. I think he does. And I said to you. Why are you not extending the same grace that you extended to Casey? What I say? Because I don't remember. You as saying. it relates to to the grandparents. Okay, what was my response? You didn't have a response. Yeah, because I don't remember you asking. And I want a response now. <laughs> so why can I extend the same to the grandparents? The same grace you you. Throughout yesterday, you cabin trauma, trauma, people deal with things, trauma differently, blah, blah, blah. Why are you not extending the same grace to the grandparents? I don't know, honestly. Because not knowing what's going on with your your granddaughter, is that not potentially a traumatic event? Yeah. And asking your daughter. But George knows what Wait, happened. wait. Asking your daughter 
where the fuck is my granddaughter and you can't give me anything? That's not a traumatic it event? It definitely could be, yeah. Mm. Guilty. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, why are we... Like, I get it. I and, and I don't want anyone looking at this or hearing this make it seem like I don't care about people going through dramatic, traumatic individuals situations with sexual abuse, right? Again, I try to stay away from whether that happened or not. What I am saying is why is that justification for her actions? Yeah. And that's what I, this documentary did not answer for me. Because even if it did happen, and I kept saying this to you, I'm not a psychiatrist. I have dealt with people. I've had friends who've been violated, right? I will always make it a point to make sure that I would never place my son in that same situation that I was in. Yeah, but again. Let me ask, okay. But you don't get to say that when three episodes all you are arguing is i was protecting my baby yeah you don't get to you don't get to use both okay and that's what bothers me about that i get it i get it i just don't think we we can truly sit here and say one person you know because everybody reacts differently and everybody copes differently so just putting that out there all right but George we're gonna go to George right now because we've been going for an hour and 10 minutes already on the second episode I told you this is gonna be more than Good, one episode yeah. so here's my question here's where we get to George mm-hmm. if you my question I wrote this if you are so traumatized by what happened to you why let Kaylee around your father knowing what he did to you but she did give you a response to that and I want you to talk about it she said she didn't. She the baby was never alone with him. There was always somebody there with him and the baby. So she didn't. I don't know really honestly, but that's what she said. You may not believe her, but that's what she said. To her that baby was never alone with him. Okay. So she said she wasn't feeling well. Uh-huh, that day, yeah. We didn't get it. She didn't explain, like, how she was feeling. Right. Or if she took anything or whatnot. Your point? <laughs> this goes back to my point. It's too many portions of convenience for me. I agree. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm so upset with... Who, who did this documentary because certain things that person that was the PD asked her a question to follow up with what she was saying. But on the points that you knew that your viewers may have additional questions, you chose not to ask her anything. And you basically chose to make this document documentary portraying her as this victim. I just don't agree with doing that but that's why i'm not a pd 
He's drunk. I'm not drunk. I'm I'm literally just looking at you trying to figure out. That's the beauty of human beings. We all think differently. You have your opinion on things. Imagine if we all thought the same way. It's already a crazy world with people not thinking the same way. Imagine if everybody thought the same way. Okay, I'm going to ask my question again. Okay. And I'm going to give you the same answer. <laughs> if you're so traumatized about what happened to you as a kid, why let Kaylee be around your grandfather? Or be around her grandfather? So what you're basically saying is that baby should have never been in the same vicinity. Is that how you say? Vicinity. As the... So what are you saying? Because she lived there. What I'm saying is, is that you wasted my fucking time on three motherfucking episodes of this goddamn documentary. And not once do you tell me why you believe George actually did it other than the fact to say that George did it because it's a convenience. That bothers me, right? You didn't say that I was... I couldn't walk. I couldn't think. I took this. And so I could have felt. You didn't say that. You didn't say I'm a heavy sleeper. I can't. I, you know, if I go to sleep, I don't hear this that, and third, which makes me believe is also bullshit. Because when she said that, she says every time she went to sleep, I always put her next to me so that I can hear everything that's going on. Right. So what was different about this day? Yeah. I mean, I agree with what you're saying, but you're answering your question because that's not your question. Your question was, if you're so traumatized, why would you allow the baby to be in the same place as the grandfather? She does tell you she's never allowed the baby to be alone with him because of what she went through. Oh, my God. Bullshit. And then we go to the end, the third episode, because we the only thing good about the third episode is that she talks about she gets confronted about the Internet searches. Right, but before we go to the third episode, let me ask you. Yes. Based on she guilty. No, no, no. Based wow. on what they've mentioned about the the father, George, mm-hmm. she's saying that he came with the baby, wet, bringing her, you know, bringing the baby to her. To what extent do you think George is involved in all this? You're not gonna like my answer because I'm gonna go around before I answer. Okay. So people think there is some oddity in the fact that George testified during the grand jury and George testified several times during the trial against his daughter. Mm -hmm. And people think that because the potential penalty is death, that somehow there's some morbidity in the sense of him testifying to kill his daughter. Right. Right. That's what was said, presented mm-hmm. yep. throughout the documentary. And you can attest to this. Throughout that time, I said that's bullshit. That is bullshit. That's not that the questions that they are asking relating to that is bullshit mm-hmm. because that's not what we don't know if that's what he was doing. Right. Right. Okay. I'm going to tell you, I love my child. Mm-hmm. We have our disagreements. I love my child. What I'm not going to do is fucking cover up for my child if I believe, suspect, have any reasonable suspicion to think that he's involved in some bullshit 
that involves the, the demise of some innocent individual. Right. I'm not going to do it. Okay. I will definitely testify about who I think he is as an individual. But if I have facts to support the fact that he has engaged in behavior mm -hmm. that resulted in the demise of someone else, I'm going to say it. Right. I'm sorry. This is what it is. And I would expect him to do the same thing for me. I will not want him to put himself in a position where he feels that he needs to lie because I'm his father when he knows or believes that I'm involved in something that is detrimental to someone else. Mm -hmm. That's just the way I've always, I've always taught him. I've said, you are a witness. I've said this multiple times to him. Yeah. Okay. The fact that he testified is that that didn't bother me. I mean, if, if I had to choose between my son, let me say it this way. Hypothetically, if I had to choose before, between a child that I birthed and the grandchild who is dead, potentially because the hand of a child that I'm birth that I birthed, I'm going with my grandchild who's not here. Right. I'm sorry. This is what it is. So your question was, sorry. My question was based on what she said that that George bought the body of the baby wet to her. I, 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 I'm not sure I believe that. I, so you don't think he had any involvement? You think she made I that didn't up? say that. I'm asking you. I don't think that the story that she presented mm -hmm. is accurate. It's, so, it's too odd for me. I, it, 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 it's, it's, it's too odd for me. Black and white. Mm -hmm. Black and white. Mm -hmm. Basically, yes or no. Yep. Do you think George was involved at all in the death of Kaylee? No, I think he might have been involved in the cover-up, which okay. is different. Okay. But the death of Kaylee, no, I don't think so. I don't. Because we don't hear... I mean, technically, we don't even know if what she's saying is even true. Well, first of all, I don't believe her. Right. So, I mean, we, we that's my baseline. I, I, I think this is her opportunity to push things off of her, to place on things to her parents because she's still pissed off with the fact that they were going on these interviews and saying things right. that were detrimental to her. So to me, this is re a revenge interview, not necessarily the truth interview. I would like to actually see Peacock now try to to bring... The parents? His, not even the mother. The, Cindy has nothing to do with this, to be honest, because they mention her, but they don't accuse her. Mm-hmm his side of the story yeah okay so then let's go to the part there's two parts mm -hmm. that i want to go to one when george gets into the accident he's interviewed and then the funeral oh yeah so i'm gonna let you bring both of those points up because you had like I had about the funeral but you had a visceral oh, response me and my child did <laughs> Too mad my child didn't want to join us, but so about the accident, he basically had a very serious car accident, and which again, if you had this car accident, why are you on TV showing yourself like this? Why? Why would you even go on TV? What was the purpose, ma'am? No, answer me that, <laughs> ma'am. People do weird things for money. 
Which which goes back to did the parents want the attention more than the wanting to find But them? why do we care about the parents? I don't care about the parents. I don't. Well, I, I do care I don't. about George because I feel he has an involvement. Okay, in well, I don't care about the parents. I want to know what, why the fuck Casey didn't do what she's supposed to do for a fucking kid. That's what I want to know because she's the one who sat in the fucking hospital where the fucking baby came out of her goddamn vagina. That's what I want to know. Lordy Jesus. <laughs> Anywho, so George <laughs> suffers a a car accident where he drove off the road and flipped his car in a crash, left him incapacitated and the vehicle disabled. Why he does an interview showing I mean, him afterwards? To be to be honest, he looks stupid on the interview. But again, go ahead. Anywho, he mentions the reporter asked him did Casey reach out to him. You know, to find out how he was doing or not. And he says, yes. She says, no. And then she immediately said, I I never reached out to him. So we don't know about that. But anywho, the funeral. So they, they, what is it? They held the funeral? They hold the funeral? They had a funeral. They had a funeral. Casey couldn't go. Obviously. And she, she does mention though in the documentary that she asked her mother to make it private, not to, not for it to be publicized. And, and honestly, that uh, to me, I don't know why she made it seem like that mattered. About the baby's funeral. Yeah. Why? I mean, I don't know. Personally, I wouldn't have wanted to be publicized either. If I, I get was, that. I get I that. But, but why would I? Denise. Yes. Yes. Let's flip the table. Okay. Mm -hmm. If I was accused of killing a kid that we had, and I lied, there's evidence that I've lied consistently throughout the process. Mm -hmm. Would you give a fuck what the fuck to honor my wishes? No, but as the grandparents, I still wouldn't. wouldn't have. You wouldn't. Thank you. No, no, no. I'm not even thinking about her. Mm-hmm. You asking me a question, asking me to put myself in the situation. Mm-hmm. Me putting myself in the situation, I would have and I would have never publicized it. I actually wouldn't have taken it as far as this whole thing went. Meaning media wise. But that's me. But anywho, so they they have this memorial for Kaylee and her uncle, which is Casey's brother comes and he gives his speech and then but they don't show that in the documentary the only thing they show is the father George statement at the funeral and he says one second so I can find exactly what George said he says I'm just going to kind of redact this very quickly because he spoke a lot. I actually found the transcripts. All right. So he starts by saying he stands there as the proud grandfather of Kaylee Marie Anthony, blah, blah, blah. He's thankful to Cindy, to Lee, which is the brother, Mallory. Who is Mallory? He even gives thanks to the mother-in-law and brother-in-law, sir. For what? Anyhow. Who's the brother in law? Who's brother in law? Exactly. Why are you even thanking these people? This is about Kaylee. But anywho, 
He says, I'm thankful for everyone who's here to pay tribute to a beautiful little girl who not only meant the world to me, but meant the world to my family and so many of you who never got the chance to actually hug her Mm -hmm. or smell her. Because that's what he did. He didn't say that. Yes, he did. He did do it that way. Oh my God. If you guys get the chance to watch this documentary, just go to that part of the episode and just there's YouTube on it. Just watch his facial expressions. Or smell her hair, smell the sweet sweat when she came in from the outside, sir. Okay, what? so that, and that's the that's all they showed on the 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 documentary. No, and no, you no, no. Then, then, and you wait. and Dorian no, no, had no, no. this that was like not the only thing because then he says, one moment. To hear her call me Jojo, sure, I was grandpa, but I was Jojo to her. Some days when I wouldn't maybe just pay attention to her for just a second, she would get right in my face. Jojo, grandpa, grandpa Jojo, George, she knew me. She knew how to push me to smile at her and hug her. I miss that kiss on the cheek, that special hug. Sir. Okay. Go ahead. So what what was it about that that It was just creepy. It was maybe we are believing her too much on the experience she had with him that he sexually molested her and to hear him and see his facial expressions when he's saying this about a baby regardless if it's his granddaughter just made it very creepy i even used the word very he looked like a pedophile while saying that because i even had you go back and look at his facial expressions when he was saying the sweet smell the way he closed his eyes i don't know i just felt it was too much i mean i I I don't necessarily disagree with why you would feel that way. But I didn't take it that way. I there 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 is a sense of and I I I, I and I think I said this yesterday. Mm-hmm. There is a sense of innocence. There's a sense of life that you get from kids that you can't get from anyone else. Agree. Right? There is a an ability of a kid to hug you and you feel like that kid genuinely loves you without any perspective about who you are as an individual. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you looking or are you just? I, I I have something to say about that. Okay. Go let me go. Let me go full screen because you over here over here like not even paying attention. But I'm giving you my unabated attention when you were talking. Okay. I do think there is something about that. I also think there is something about. I'm not a grandparent, but I do think there is something from what I understand from grandparents that their grandkids when they hug them. They give them a sense of meaning. They give them a sense of purpose. They give them a sense of, I need to remain in this person's life because kids change, mm-hmm. right? Kids are not 
as lovable as they used to be sometimes as they grow and become who they are or they begin to disagree with who you are and quite frankly you can dislike your kid right Right? but there is a sense of innocence that come with that and with the whole sweet smell thing i get it but i think that if she would not have said anything about the trauma i don't think you all would have thought about that I think that you would have Possibly. looked. Yeah, I think you I would have. I think you would have looked at it as the way that I said it yesterday was. There is something about kids. There is something about a kid smell. They're outside ripping and running, playing games in the outside all day, and then they come in, and there's a different scent about them. And that is not a and pleasure. A very it's not a pleasure, but it is something that you're never going to be able to receive again. And I think that's the point that he was trying to make. I feel there's a way he could have said that. And I just want to just mention to you how the uncle said it. So he says, I'm broken. CMA, he says it just like that, which is why, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's how he, and then he pauses to kiss his wrists where there's speculation he has her tattoo there with the initials cma each day you continue to teach me about life and about the way that it should be lived each day you give me the ability to be strong or to be weak this is what i want you to hear it's been so long since i've been able to see you or to hug you or to tell you how much you mean to me cma i miss you i love you i'm so proud of you i hope you're proud of me too I need you to know that I will never forget the promise that I made to you. I will never forget. Again, I just feel that there was a better way for the grandfather to have said that. Just as innocent as the uncle did. Yeah, I I, I hear you. I, I, I would want to know with respect to the trial. No, actually, I would say this. Mm-hmm. Hear me out on this. That occurred, the funeral occurred well before her trial, well before there was any allegations out that he, been the grandfather, George, the father of Casey, purportedly molested Casey, right? And I think that if he would have known that those, because he vehemently denies it, I think if he would have known that, maybe that would have caused him to think differently. But mind you, I don't remember there being any stir about that conversation. I mean, that statement during the funeral. I just don't. I, I, to be honest, you didn't even remember part of the I, with the case. That's so. true. <laughs> but Let's not also but, but, they, but they didn't bring that out in the documentary. Go ahead. Again, to me, it was creepy. But we also forgot to mention when we spoke about George, that Lee was also bought in. Remember how he he said that, I don't think he was bought in to testify, but they did hear from him that the way the father would, when an animal that they had would die, Mm -hmm. he would wrap them up in the trash bag with duct tape and stuff. So that was another way for them to try to put this on George. Yeah, but okay, if Lee knew about it, Mm Casey knew about it. So why should, couldn't she 
use the same technique that she... She probably didn't think of it. No, oh, no. you mean like use the same thing to do it because she remembers the father doing right. it? Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, what... what So, and I mean, I buried a cat, a, a dead cat in the backyard in a plastic bag before. And if somebody goes missing in this house, now I know that, I'm going to say you did it. I mean, to me, that was just... I mean, to me, that's just reaching. Like, yeah. I mean... So what, and? Yeah, personally, I you know I would not recommend the freaking documentary to nobody because you're gonna be left with questions, no answers. Yeah, I I am. I know I come off a little biased in this one, but this was her opportunity. I think. Let me say it this way. Given the fact that so many people felt and believed that she was guilty, mm-hmm. this was her opportunity. To try to clear her name up a little? Well, not just that. To explain herself. Yeah. And she didn't. At all. She didn't do that. I felt like she was indignant. I felt like she, was in, she came off as entitled. I felt like she felt like everyone else had an issue or was wrong in this. And to me, she didn't do anything personally. I mean, yeah. I don't think she innocent. No, for sure. Yeah. Okay. I think she had, she knew way more than what she is claiming she knew. I understand. I, I'm not going to even comment on whether I believe the abuse happened or not. That's not my place. But certainly with respect to her actions with her baby, while she was missing, I don't think that really factored into excusing her behavior. Yeah. For me. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that she did much with this documentary. I, to a point, I don't even understand what was the purpose of the purpose of the documentary, other than trying to accuse your dad of being the one who did it. I mean. I mean, yesterday, though, you were on her side for a long portion of it. I, I was not on her side. I was putting myself as a juror. And I was agreeing with the not guilty to a certain point on certain charges. Let's put it that way, sir. But now on day three of trial, I would definitely have found her guilty of the aggravated child one. Child abuse. And I would even have found her aggravated on the manslaughter. Me too. Period. All right. So that is episode 71. Episode 71. Let me look at this again because we keep... I, I could have figured... Still searching for the truth relating to Casey Anthony. I was slightly tipsy. Slightly? On this episode. But nothing... Listen, it's a new year. You're no, no, no. Fun. Nothing I said was because of the alcohol. I meant it. Okay? Oh, well, geez. <laughs> okay. Again, disclaimer, this is our opinions, people. Please don't go trying to go off on us. But before I do my closing, Denise, do you want to say anything to the people? Thank you for listening to us and continue listening to Sean and his podcast because I may not always appear, although I'm sure you will love me too. 
but continue listening to him supporting him and thank you for those that have supported us i do want to shout out my friend tarishma because she does listen to us and she be liking our stuff when you post them on instagram so thank you tarishma all right thank you what is it tarishma mm -hmm. how you spell it tarishma t-a-r-i-s-h-m-a what up girl <laughs> What up, Tarishma? Oh, we love! <laughs> Tipsy or drunk? Ah. <laughs> All right. So, until next time, make sure that you continue to drink, listen, and converse. Let us know what you think about the Casey Anthony documentary. And I guess we should say this. I'm going to say this. I can't speak for Denise. I'm going to say, I'm not going to ask for forgiveness about my my passionate perspective on this because I am passionate on this issue. But I'm also passionate on when people claim that they are doing some documentary to clear up something. I want you to fucking do what you say you're going to do, mm -hmm. right? If you're going to clear up all of the noise that you hear out and you had 10 fucking years to do it, I expect some kind of clearing to occur. I just don't think that happened here and that shit pisses me off. Sorry. So yeah, so that's what I think. I think the documentary sucked. I agree. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Two thumbs down. But anyhow, until next time, make sure that you continue. Oh, that's just my opinion. Not me going after anyone. So don't try to come over here with no defamation bullshit. <laughs> All right. All right, so until next time, make sure that you continue to drink, listen, and converse. Peace and love. Goodbye. Peace. Out. Wait. All right, poster channel. Picture, come on. <laughs> <laughs>